what I'm finding is that increasingly, um, you know, what people have to do is to get above the fray. And above the fray, it means you have to position in the language of, uh, of the customer. Uh, it has to be in the language of a solution to a problem. Hello and welcome to Tomorrow's Best Practices Today, the show where we talk to marketers who trust their gut, shrug off conventional wisdom, and bring a fresh point of view to their company and their customers. Today, we're speaking to Miles Sewer, top CIO influencer and facilitator of Hashtag CIO Chat. Join Miles and our host, Brian Kramer, author of There Is No B2B or B2C, It's H2H, as they explore the changing ways that CIOs are measuring themselves, the reason you can't win by talking about product features alone, and why understanding the sense of urgency for your customer is so important. Here's Brian. So great to have you here. Thank you so much for uh, joining Leadtail TV. Appreciate it. I'm thrilled to be here, Brian. Great to have you here. So I just want to jump right in, and I want to talk about uh, I want to talk about uh, what happened earlier this year. You wrote about the changing ways that CIOs are measuring themselves, and I want to talk about um, that and what maybe you can tell us uh, more. Yeah, you know, in, in the old days, CIOs might measure them thing themselves by the nines. You know how how frequently the services are operating versus not operating. And you obviously wanted to get to five nines. Nobody understood it. And, and the reality is it was treating IT as kind of a utility. And uh, today, you know, that's not how CIOs are thinking about themselves. They're thinking of themselves in terms of what they do for the business. And so I was surprised a while back, I asked CIOs about how do they want to be measured and the most common thing that would come back from CIOs, regardless of industry, was that they want to be measured the same way the CEO is being measured. And, and that's really because they're focused today not on, you know, creating an email system that works or not on necessarily creating applications that are, you know, running, you know, the foundational fin finances and supply chain and those things like that. They're really measured by um, how do they help deliver uh, business outcomes? And business outcomes are revenue to the to the top line of the business. Well, do you feel like all CIOs are of the same mindset? Do you feel like they're the same, different? How do you, how do you, uh, I know you can't speak on behalf of all CIOs, but where do you kind of temperature gauge that? Well, I mean, obviously it, it might adjust itself a, a little bit. Um, you know, obviously in healthcare, it's going to be about, you know, patient outcomes, but it's also going to be about the revenue that comes from patients. And that gets directly tied by healthcare reform uh, to patient outcomes. Uh, and higher education, uh, it, it, it is not usually thought of as revenue, but revenue does matter because their whole model has changed due to COVID-19. It's it's going to be what what is the top line of the business really think? When when you approach things and you see where um, like if you're you were first entering into a business, um, you're you're starting into a business and things are existing um, as they are. Uh, what what would you look at first? Yeah, I mean, not all CIOs will will agree with me on this one. 
But a lot of CIOs have specialized on industry. And, and, and it's because, you know, what they believe is that IT is not a function unto itself. It's a business function. So you have to understand the business problems well. Now, there have been successful CIOs who have navigated between uh, different um, industries. An example, my friend Alan Hackney, you know, went from GE where he was doing Six Sigma into insurance, but he was able to do that. And he was actually very successful at that because he was really a metrics driven kind of CIO. And that's what they needed at uh, John Han- Hancock when he went there. So, but I think, you know, I, I've said this before in, in a number of different articles, the CIO um, has to be a business person first. It was interesting several years ago, I, I was vying to become a vice president in a company. And I kept having these discussions with my boss and he said, we are a really good marketing person. And, and, and so that's really important to us. But if you want to become the vice president of marketing, you have to be a business person first. And the reality is CIOs are in the same boat right now. Uh, if they're going to succeed, they have to be a business person first who just happens to understand technology and can figure out how to apply technology. So from a measurement perspective, they want to be measured the same way the business is being measured. Um, it's not that they're applying business metrics to IT. It's that they're measuring what IT does from a business perspective. Oh, I love that. I love that. Business business first. I, I could see that, uh, especially as things have grown over the last uh, 20 years, um, uh, you know, and especially from the, the Mad Men days of, of marketing. Uh, on that side of things, um, and then from the CIO's perspective, because when you when you look at where technology has come from and where it's going, um, and how uh, how things are having to, um, you know, when you look at the full stack of technology, uh, and I'm sure you come into a, 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 a you know this all the time, and you're looking at a full stack of how things are put together, and you're like, oh my god, what what are we going to do with this? Um, what's your first thought? Well, you know, it, it's interesting because in the old days, you know, our, a salesperson or even a company could sell on the basis of, you know, I have this cool widget. And, and so we've gotten beyond that, um, both for, for a bunch of reasons that are happening in the CIO. We've gotten beyond that just because um, there are a lot of technologies out there and a lot of products out there. Um, and so what, what I'm finding is that increasingly, um, you know, what people have to do is to get above the fray. And above the fray, it means you have to position in the language of, uh, of the customer. Uh, it has to be in the language of a solution to a problem. And, and it's interesting if you go back and, and us, many of us in technology were, you know, doing technology in the madman days. But if you go back and you look, there was a classic book um, on positioning. I have it somewhere in my library here. And it talked about how much money gets spent every year in advertising and that you have to create a new message in the language of the customer in order to succeed. Well, it may have been a correct at a certain time the language of technology succeeded but it no longer succeeds with cios or their teams you have to position in the language of a business problem they won't you know in the old days they might have taken out 
one solution for another just because they liked it better. But if there's not a business impact to it, um, you're not going to succeed. So, you know, when you think about, you know, how do you sell solutions today? It better be in the language of, of the business problems you solve. And, and, and I wrote recently about how a lot of Series A and Series B, um, you know, companies um, really um, are focused on that widget. Um, but the, I think the distinguishing line as you move to Series C and Series D financing is you want bigger uh, deals and you want to be able to push those deals hopefully through uh, quicker. And, and so what you have to do is you have to have a bigger message. And to have a bigger message, you have to be talking about the real customer problems that uh, people have. So I think I think that's a, a big change for technology sellers. The ones who are going to succeed long term are going to be the ones that are able to um, uh, to to do that. And it's a, it's a big change. Yeah, because there are a lot of technology solutions that are selling on the basis of features and integrations and. Um, you know, that, that is a practice that, uh, that doesn't sell well anymore. CIOs are retraining um, their teams right now. And, and by that, what I mean is they're, they're teaching them to speak the language of business. They're oftentimes putting their, their team members inside, you know, where the business is so that they can get closer and understand the language and the business problems and things like that. So, uh, that's that's a big that's a big change, and so you know one of the big things I like to warn sellers about and marketers about is that if you're speaking in the language of technology versus the language of business problems, you're going to be relegated to somebody lower, and you're going to get smaller deals at the end uh, from the from the process of selling. So if you can speak to uh, the the business problems, now that means you need to study better the organization. Um, you know, I, I like to tell folks that, you know, they, they need to be reading what's going on and they need to understand the language and they may even need to understand the industries that they, they need, they're going after. But at minimum, they need to have an understanding of why, you know, this widget, you know, what it's doing. Now, a, a great place for a company who's, who's got some customers. So hopefully if you're a Series A or Series B, you've got a few customers. Um, you know, go interview your customers or go look at their case studies. You know, I can't tell you well-written case studies are, are critical to succeeding as a company. So go find out what those things are and try and figure out. I, I know it's kind of a crossing the chasm uh, kind of thought, but try and go figure out what those common themes are and message that way. Um, and 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 do less time messaging about how we have the greatest thing and people love us and all that kind of stuff. That that that's not going to help you succeed in the marketplace. That's that's such a good point. And and I I hope that every everyone listens to that. <laughs> just just we can just take that clip and just play it everywhere. Um, so I'm just going to leave it right there for everyone. Um, and, um, and, and I'm going to shift just a little bit. And actually, I'd love to ask you about how marketers and salespeople can actually signal to CIOs that they are relationship oriented and not just chasing um, quarterly numbers. Yeah, I mean, one of the things I was really surprised at is CIOs were telling me that 
the crisis proved to them who were their real partners and who were, you know, people who are just there transactionally. And, and in some cases, they said there were people who they thought were a, a real partner and showed that they were just interested in closing the quarterly number. Uh, I don't think you're going to succeed long term if that's your your focus. Now, I, I understand. I sat on calls with, you know, sales leadership and marketing leadership about making the quarterly number. And so I know how tough uh, that is. But there's a key idea, in, and I wrote a review about this in, on the John McMahon book. And if, if, that's, if that's your problem, it comes back to what I've been saying all along. John McMahon says that what you need to do is to understand the sense of urgency. Now, here's a really interesting trick here. If you understand the sense of urgency, you're not saying me, 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 me. You're saying you, 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 you. And, and that's a huge change. So the sense of urgency is, you know, in business terms, what is the reason they want to buy? Now, if, if, even if it's a bad economy, if you can show they're losing, you know, $100,000 in revenue a month or, you know, whatever that number may be, I'm just throwing that out. As a, but if you know what that is and what's causing it and, there, and there's a consequence for them not buying now, you can accelerate that sale. But if you don't know what that sense of urgency is, um, you're not, you're not going to succeed. And so it's just really important that, that, yes, go after the number, but know the sense of urgency because that's the thing that will cause something to come forward. If you don't know that, I mean, I, I've been on sales calls you know, where they call me and say, can you present our case for this or case for that? And and it's very clear to me that this, the salesperson knows that they don't like the current solution, but doesn't understand the sense of urgency. And I'll say, is it because of this and this and this? And the customer says, yeah, that's the that's our business problem. That's why we're talking to you today. Well, if you can frame that, you know, them delaying a month is going to have a, an impact on, you know, what they do. They, you know, once you have that, then you can have your raise the discussion up to the executive level and accelerate the deal. So it's just so important to, to make sure that you have that understanding uh, that will transform things to them and you versus just you. Oh, wonderful. You know what I, what I love about it is that we're talking about um, relationships, which is my, that's my, my favorite um, thing. Um, human, to, human to human is my, the baseline for everything that I uh, do and, and love. And, um, and I'm curious more about that, uh, just diving even a little bit deeper about how then sales, marketing, and technology um, can, can form a, a, a more, and there's, I know, I realize there's no perfect, but um, a more perfect union, if you will, uh, that, that you might see as like the Mecca for what might be, um, you know, something that would, would be um, a, a great alignment uh, that, that would be uh, something that, that would really move well at a company that, that would make technology's job easier and marketing's job easier and sales job, job easier to move in, in alignment. What would you see that as being? Well, I think the Mecca is where marketing is so aligned with sales that that 
what what marketing is doing for sales is enabling it to be successful. I mean, and the reality is marketing is is the I, I like to, you know, liken it to, you know, an army going forward. You know, sales is the are the troops going forward. And and what marketing is, is it's the artillery. It's softening up the forward targets so that you you're you know when the army gets there they can uh, or the or the infantry can get there they can succeed. So I think it's really important for marketing people to to move from being deductive to inductive. Um, all so many people I've worked with over the years have really been deductive. They I'm smart, I understand I can position something rather than being inductive. It says, I really don't know, but I could know if I spent enough time. And if, if marketing people could create collateral that really is coming back to this thing about the business problem, if it can really be focused on that business problem and how you solve it, um, then you're going to be at the right place at the right time for customers to knock on the door marketing people need to be involved even in the emails and everything, but focus it on that persona and what their needs are. And so I think that's the way forward for organizations. The ones who are going to win are going to get smart on that. And the other ones are going to uh, focus on features. And one more thing, I I just um, did a review yesterday uh, on uh, this book called Beyond Digital. And one of the more interesting concepts in that book is they talk about the power of ecosystems. Uh, We don't talk enough about this in the technology world, but the reality is partnerships allow you to talk about bigger business problems. And if you can do that, uh, then you're talking closer to the customer's needs. And so, you know, ecosystems are are, are a key element here. Absolutely. Absolutely. um... I mean, I would I would think it drives everything, including culture, right? Um, yeah, that's absolutely. that's going to be uh, the the mecca for what what um, you know any competitor couldn't replace or couldn't couldn't uh, template. Um, and so I'm curious uh, as well. Then, what um, where does that come into play for allowing um, room for um, room for testing and trying and and you know. Um, there, there's, there's this side for I don't know ten percent of I don't want to say playing, but um, just the uh, the testing of marketing. Like, let's see if that works. Um, let's see if that. But there's technology needed for a lot of that, and we don't have that yet. We don't know if that and it's new, shiny. We don't know um, stuff. Um, how how does that work in? Um, in companies that, uh, you know, some philosophically uh, make that happen and some are like, I don't know if we want to, you know, go down that path because that's just not culturally, you know, what we do. Um, how does, how do you see that working out? Well, we're, we're at an interesting transition point. Um, the year I was born, the average life of a public company was 55 years. Um, a few years ago, it dropped to 20. Um, and then it dropped to nine during the COVID crisis. That's not very long. I mean, I was astonished a few weeks ago. Talon, which isn't a very old company, was being taken private to go fix it. I mean, it had been 
you know, been public for what, four or five years, maybe at most. Uh, and so it was being forced off the public market. So we're in a really interesting time. And, and I think that the, you know, the companies that are going to succeed are going to find ways to continue to grow. I mean, I love this notion that um, Jeff Bezos has about <clears throat> being a, uh, I think he calls it a phase one company versus a, or day one company versus a day two company. You don't want to ever become a day two company. You want to continue to be hungry and continue to solve uh, relevant problems. And it all comes back to, am I close to my customers? Do I, do I hear what, they're, they're, what they like? Do I hear what they don't like about what I do? Do, they, do I hear what they think are opportunities for me in the future? If, if I can be that close and, and, and be that inductively focused, um, I can transform the business that I'm, I'm in. And I want to come work for that company. <laughs> the day, day one company. Yeah. Well, um, you know, I guess, you know, we're all going through an interesting time, um, you know, during the lockdowns and we've all kept uh, inside for the most part. Uh, thank God it's warm outside uh, as we're doing this interview where we're talking off camera um, about. And what I'm curious, what are one or two uh, things that you've discovered or rediscovered to keep you sane uh, during these lockdowns? Well, you know, I've discovered that I still value human interactions. So I've had to figure out ways to do that. And, uh, but but I, I want to take it back to, to CIOs for just a moment, because I think they've, they've discovered a lot. And I thought maybe your, you know, viewers would want to hear about that a little bit. You know, one of the things is that they didn't necessarily think, like all of us, that we were going to be locked down for so long. I mean, in this you know, version of reality, um, you know, and they were astonished when it's, they went from, well, it's not a couple of weeks now, it's, it's a month. And then it went on. Um, and one of the more interesting things that I think is going to get attention now in ways that's never gotten in the past is that not as many people are going to return to, um, to the office. I mean, the numbers are 38% are going to stay remote forever versus 8%, which is what it was prior. Another 50% are saying, well, I want hybrid work. Well, gee, what does that mean? What does that mean for us as marketeers? So, for example, there's been a wave of self-service in, in business intelligence for a while. Well, guess what? If you aren't connecting that to remote work, you're missing something that's allowing the CIO uh, to sell your value. So it, it all comes back to how well have I thought through things. The, the people who win are going to be the smartest and the most tied, smartest not just by brain, smartest in the sense of they're connected, they understand the business problems that need to be solved, and they're positioning their value in the language of the, of the customer. You know, I, I do want to ask one last question around that because there is um, there is a now because of that remote work. How do you how do you create that more connectedness uh, over technology? Uh, what's that one thing that you think you'll do over the next year or two that will help through technology to to help bridge that gap? I think there's a huge opportunity for Zoom and teams and slack 
to start to think about and, and how do we do this well? I mean, it was interesting prior to Slack, there have been several attempts at collaboration software, but they were the first one to get it right. Um, but I think they're going to have to get it more right. And, and I mean, and there's also, you know, there's been lots of articles written on, on this. There's a whole culture element to it. So how do you have meetings where a third of the people are there and the rest are being remote? And how does that work effectively? Uh, I don't know. Maybe you need more cameras in the room so you can selectively image on people. But then, you know, how do you make sure that the sound level is the same so you hear the people who are remote going, yes, yes, please listen to me. Um, there's there's a whole bunch that we're going to have to figure out. I don't think anybody feels we've got it yet. I think IT gets that mantle and is going to be working on those cool apps and things like that to make it easier for employees to do their jobs. Beautiful way to end. Um, that was a great little, uh, or not so little, uh, um, piece of the future and what's coming and and what what we should do now to prepare for it. So thank you, Miles. I really appreciate it and uh appreciate you being on lead tail tv and sharing a little bit of yourself with everybody and can't wait to look to see what how it all plays out thank you so much glad to be here hi everybody spencer here from the lead tail team I just wanted to thank our guest, Miles Sewer, again for being on the show today. You can find him on LinkedIn at Miles Sewer, and you can also find him on Twitter at Miles, M Y L E S Sewer, S U E R. As mentioned at the top of the episode, Miles is also a facilitator of Hashtag CIO Chat, which takes place on Twitter every Thursday from 2 to 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Hashtag CIO Chat provides a safe, non-threatening environment for CIOs to share experience and best practices. Miles Sewer also writes on eWeek. You can find his articles listed in the show notes below. You can also find more video interviews with top B2B marketers on leadtailtv.com or on our YouTube channel, Leadtail. Thanks so much and Happy New Year.